Welcome to the Center for Internet Security's podcast, Cybersecurity Where You Are. Cybersecurity affects us all, whether we are at home, managing a company, supporting clients, or even running a state or local government. Join CIS's Sean Atkinson and Tony Sager as they discuss trends and threats, ways to implement controls and infrastructure, explore best practices, and interview experts in the industry. We are here to bring clarity to these complex issues to bring confidence in the connected world. Hello and welcome to the show, Cybersecurity Where You Are. I'm Sean Atkinson, CISO here at the Center for Internet Security. Today, I'm joined by Tyler Scarlotta, Manager of Member Programs for our Operation Security Services Group, but more commonly known as the support group for our MS and EI ISEC. Tyler, how are you, sir? I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. So we're going to talk about the uh, National Cybersecurity Review. Tyler, you want to just uh, give an introduction about what the NCSR is to the audience? Uh, Absolutely. Yes, the NCSR is the Nationwide Cybersecurity Review, and it is a cybersecurity assessment program that is available to state, local, tribal, and territorial level organizations. Uh, So we serve the public sector in that way through this program. And this program includes a self-assessment where those organizations can evaluate their cyber maturity using the NIST cybersecurity framework, or NIST-CSF for short. And the assessment allows end users to receive automated reporting displaying their results, as well as recommended next steps. And then we at our MSI, SAC, and CIS teams utilize the data at an aggregate anonymized level to see the landscape of cyber maturity in the public sector. And that allows us to better serve the organizations we work with moving forward. Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a great uh, indicator, uh, Tyler, of uh, maturation of a lot of different programs across uh, that respective space. So as you look at some of the key findings, now I believe we're in the 2023 review, is that right? Or is have we completed the NCSR for 2023? So yes, the submission cycle runs on an annual basis as uh, the NCSR is a federally funded program and due to a past federal requirement. Uh, submissions go from October of one year to February of the following year. Uh, so we're currently in the submission cycle for the 2023 NCSR. Uh, so that'll continue through February of 2024. And then we do utilize the data from our previous cycle, which was October 2022 through February of 2023. And we are now actually currently making that data publicly available, the anonymized aggregate data. Uh, so we're definitely using that and uh, publishing some materials and the full anonymized NCSR summary report. So we definitely do have a lot of recent data that we're uh, publishing now. And then we're also in the current swing of our submission cycle for 2023 through early 2024. Wonderful. Wonderful. Were there any uh, any key findings uh, in, in the last report from 2022 into February of 2023 that you saw, Tyler? Uh, yes. A number of items that were definitely uh, interesting to see. Some of the high-performing categories or areas included identity management and access control, as well as awareness and training activities for an organization's employees. Uh, those were two of the highest-scoring uh, categories from the NIST cybersecurity framework uh, within the NCSR assessment. That has been typical over the past several years, so definitely organizations are being consistent when it comes to those activities of managing user credentials and access, for example, and then providing different resources and training on security activities. And another uh, category area that we saw that bubbled up to being a high-performing area was the mitigation category under the respond function. And that involves activities to lessen the severity of a cybersecurity incident if one were to happen. Uh, So that's definitely something we're 
noticing people and organizations are really focusing time and resources on. Uh, we don't have specifics on why that may be the case, but we can kind of infer that it could be due to the increasing awareness of cybersecurity activity and incidents in the past years and seeing so many public cases, for example, and that could definitely be a reason for why we're seeing that uh, as a higher scoring activity. Uh, some of the lower performing or lower scoring activities included doing consistent review and testing of incident response and disaster recovery plans. While an organization may have a plan in place saved internally, uh, the activities involved like reviewing that and testing it throughout the year is uh, not done uh, frequently from some of the organizations that we're working with. Uh, that could be due to time and resources and lack of uh, dedication in those areas. Uh, but we have noticed that over the past several years as well. So we're definitely looking to try to help out organizations when it comes to those activities. Uh, some of the other lower performing areas included uh, not currently separating development and testing environments from the production environment, as well as not having or uh, not developing and implementing a formal vulnerability management plan. Uh, so those are some other areas we know that were on the lower performing side. Interesting. I mean, that's good. I mean, we're seeing positives in terms of the trending that you've seen from that report. That That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I think then really what it does uh, and why then the NCSR is so important is those metrics to be able to assess maturity, right? Where are our gaps, you know, as lying to a respective framework such as NIST CSF? So why is it important for both cybersecurity uh, professionals and organizations to, uh, one, take the assessment, but also then use its results, Tyler? So yes, the NCSR is feasible for any organization uh, that's eligible towards. So any public sector organization at a local, state, uh, tribal, or territorial level uh, could complete the assessment and utilize its benefits. Uh, we work with from very small towns and school districts up to the largest state agencies. Uh, so definitely a very valuable tool and resource for uh, any organization nationwide in the public sector. And we feel it's important as it provides no-cost access to a governance, risk, and compliance software platform to utilize this assessment, which can be a great educational opportunity for an organization. Uh, for example, if an organization is just starting out to formalize their cybersecurity activities, this can be a great way to really see where you currently stand. And we say it's completely fine if you're scoring on the lower side of things. This is meant to be a baseline. And then you receive recommended resources and next steps in automated reports which can then help you plan your activities moving forward. And so that's really the big benefit of the NCSR program in our eyes, that organizations get automated reporting with visuals displaying their average scoring, as well as reports aligning their higher and lower scoring areas to no-cost resources and services from CIS, as well as open source tools that are available. So that way they have a quick, easy report where they can access these items readily from that report and see the lower scoring areas and what they could do to improve uh, in the near term. And then the data is great for long term as well, as it really helps you plan your cybersecurity roadmap and have concrete data to show your stakeholders where you need future investments. Oh, absolutely. I think it's vital in that space for the awareness piece. In order, one, to address, like you say, the short term elements, the quick wins, uh, you know, where we could improve a capability. Uh, but then for the longer term, you know, and some of those that you mentioned in terms of where organizations were performing lower, right? So in, in some respects, testing incident response takes time, right? You've got to mature that underlying program in order to really test incident response. You look at vulnerability management 
and it's getting the right telemetry and understanding your assets and building out a capability so that you really get a an idea of where vulnerability exists within your organization. But without it, um, I think it leaves you blind in a lot of cases. And um, using this report is one, it's a good way, uh, and because I use it, uh, just, you know, all, all honesty, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm a contributor. I, I love the results coming out of here. Some recent years updates to the platform have really made uh, accessibility of those reports and uh, the capability to determine maturation. It has been phenomenal. Again, under Tyler's leadership, some great work. But what it also does, um, I think it contributes um, to our internal programs, Tyler, because we can then see trending over time. So, you know, Tyler, you know, obviously you've been in charge of this particular program for many years. What have you seen in terms of trends over the last year? Are we getting better? Are we getting worse? Um, are organizations, you know, very good in one area? but consistently uh, missing some elements uh, and others that take investment, time, uh, and uh, you know resources. Any thoughts there? Yes. Uh, over the years, we have seen a positive trend in the sense that the average scoring at a national level has improved year to year. And so, for example, the NCSR uses a one through seven scoring scale when it comes to the NIST cybersecurity framework activities within the assessment. And we have seen uh, improvements when looking at the overall average for those four groupings of state, local, tribal, and territorial level organizations. I would say that we have noticed uh, some of the same types of categories relative year to year are either on the higher scoring side or lower scoring side, but we have seen a few different cases bubble up to the higher scoring side and some maybe drop a little bit on the lower scoring side. Uh, so we're always evaluating that year to year and seeing where we can help our uh, organizations that we serve, both members and customers of CIS and MSI SAC. And uh, something we do notice as a positive is that organizations that come back year to year for the NCSR, they are typically seeing a larger year to year increase than those who are first time participants when it comes to comparing the scoring. So definitely a positive there when it comes to the NCSR program overall. Uh, we feel that it can definitely help show your gaps and give you that automated reporting uh, that helps you really visualize what your next steps need to be. And then through CIS, MSI, SEC, and additional resources and services available, uh, you could then utilize them and really plan that out for the next year and then come back the following year and then have the improvement in scores, which is definitely a good win for the organizations we work with. No, absolutely. I think consistency is the key, Tyler. This is, uh, you know, these elements are not going away, um, you know, no matter how you try to ignore them. And I try all the time, but... Uh, it never happens, Tyler, for some reason. But the NCSR does provide, um, and I've used it as that uh, marker, as it were, uh, of improvement over time to really address um, situational awareness changes in terms of both our threat model, you know, as an organization that's grown tremendously over the last few years, um, our utility and uh, capability needs to also increase. Uh, as we as an organization change. And the NCSR, one of the things that it does, it gives you, uh, and the, the reason I use it is that kind of beginning of the year. So more towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, uh, it gives you the guidepost as to the direction uh, that you want to take your underlying cybersecurity program, right? Where do we need to see improved posture? How do I use threat intelligence to inform what I should be looking at? And if I've got weak scores and any particular area, and that's a 
you know, an attack vector uh, that respective threat groups or those that uh, want to see ill intent to organizations such as ours. Uh, that's where we need to do improvements. And it helps to uh, also provide a convincing argument. It's not just me saying it, but look here, I went through this self-assessment, this review, here are the best practices. I can align that to multiple frameworks. And this then gives me, um, you know, a, more of a catalyst to have those discussions uh, and to represent the numbers. Uh, you know, I, I fancy graphs and, and the graphical elements are phenomenal. But being able to use it to tell a story is the most important part of it, I feel, Tyler. And so with that, I also use it for the lessons, you know, organizations learning from the NCSR in terms of improving cybersecurity posture. Have you any, uh, any lessons that have been learned through our SLTT community members uh, in terms of how they've improved their programs or uh, how they do use uh, the NCSR results to tell a story? Yes, absolutely. A lot of the members we work with uh, within a group we refer to as the Metrics Working Group, they've been great in utilizing the NCSR program and then uh, discussing kind of how they've gone about it within their organizations and presented data and metrics to their stakeholders. Uh, we've had a few member volunteers who have done different presentations through webinars and in-person events, and they've discussed how they've taken the graphs and the data reporting from the NCSR software platform, and then utilize resources that they've helped us develop through that metrics working group, such as our NCSR data reporting template, and they've input the visuals and uh, data points within that template, and then presented to stakeholders within their uh, organization, as well as to uh, contacts who are managing budgeting decision decisions, and they've used that to really uh, get approval for future funding, for example. So it's really been a key resource and a way to really show concrete data in the areas that you need to improve upon. And so uh, one example is like we have a report in the NCSR software platform called our peer profile comparison report that shows how you compare it to the nationwide averages. And we've had a few of our state, local, tribal, and territorial members say how that's been a great resource for them to show their stakeholders we're, we're lagging behind in certain areas compared to our peers nationwide. And that's really driven conversations on uh, investments that need to be made for the organization when it comes to their IT and security activities. Uh, so definitely a great resource there that our member volunteers developed the data reporting template, as well as a number of other best practice materials that are publicly available on our website, alongside the full uh, NCSR summary report and the customized reports that end users would receive in the NCSR software platform. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the things with the anonymization piece is um, we do measure against respective verticals. So again, it gets to that element of com competition, right? If I'm lower in a particular area and it's like, oh, look at my peers. Um, I've got to do some improvement here because, um, you know, it, it, it's this case, and I'll use this loose analogy, but uh, I think we've all heard it before. Is I, I don't have to be faster than the bear. I just have to be faster than you, right? And so if I've got an improved, you know, capability in certain areas that are attack vectors, you know, they're going to go to the weakest link, as it were, uh, and uh, you don't want to be the weakest link in any respective space. So obviously, the responsibility that's placed on our SLTT um, members and partners in this space is is huge. Um, you know, just uh, given current narratives and uh, threat modeling in in any of the respective sectors of government, especially local, is there is a huge responsibility, and this gives a way to one understand the current posture 
and then improve that posture with the lessons learned. I'm really getting that feedback because I think um, in terms of the program, Tyler, uh, and the improvements over time, a lot of that has been feedback that you've received uh, and been able then to implement. And it's just really, really benefited the organization uh, in terms of improving the program and bringing the details, the metrics, having a number of different working groups, being able to provide insight, and then also capabilities. We'll, we'll mention the capabilities shortly, but Tyler, now that we've uh, you know whetted the appetite uh, of the SLTT community, how can they participate in the NCSR? Uh, so a contact can register on our publicly available website. Uh, that's within the Center for Security's website and then the MSISAC division specifically. Uh, the link could be accessed by doing a quick online search of the acronym NCSR. It should be the first result that pops up. Uh, there's a registration form on that NCSR webpage on the right-hand side. Once a contact enters his or her information on that form, our team here receives uh, the information and will process registrations from there. That would be for anyone who would be new to the NCSR program. If a contact has an existing NCSR user profile, uh, that person can access the NCSR software platform at any time using their established credentials. Wonderful. Wonderful. So it's as easy as that. It's a link. We've got good search engine optimization. So NCSR, it's the first link. I believe I, I actually tried it today, Tyler, just to, just to double check. Uh, and we're in good shape. So that's good. Um, and so it's as simple as that. Now, as you approach this program, uh, I'll give a word of caution. And Tyler, you, you, you'll back me up or you'll correct me. But I like to go into these um, NCSR reporting sessions prepared because the questions need to be answered with sufficient detail to be able to represent an organization's posture. This is a self-assessment, okay? So there could be institutional biases, but going into it with a mindset of, let me take myself out of it, right? It's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of the current posture and resources that currently are in play. Now, if I do that appropriately, I get a fair assessment of my current organization's posture. That either is, you know, I'm in a very good space. You know, we mentioned, uh, or Tyler mentioned levels one through seven in terms of defining the maturation of your program. You're not all going to be sevens. Uh, and a lot of organizations don't need to be. You don't need to be at that optimized level. But you do need to be at a level that's sufficient to prevent uh, attack. And uh, as Tyler mentioned, some of the mitigation strategies that have been identified is you want to have those in play. And with that, you want to have some tools uh, uh, basically ready to go. So, Tyler, what are some of the resources that CIS uh, provides to organizations so that they can improve their security posture and have that reflected in the NCSR results? One of our most popular resources is our policy template guide that our MSISEC team and our metrics working group developed. That includes links to anonymized security, pol security policy templates that can be downloaded and then customized by our organization, and then those could be utilized moving forward. CIS does also have additional policy templates that align to the CIS control activities. Uh, so whether you want to go the route of CIS controls or NIST CSF, those are all publicly available on the CIS website. And so those are definitely resources that can help have the requirements in place when it comes to security activities. And that's one of the base level activities for the NCSR assessment, uh, performing the activity. And then from there, having documentation to make sure the requirements are defined for your organization. 
and that helps you improve your score when in the NCSR assessment. And then really have the processes in place that can help you as you mature your cybersecurity program. Another resource that we recommend is our guide that's named First Steps in Establishing Cyber Hygiene that takes the activities from the NCSR assessment and aligns them to the CIS controls. So there's that NIST CSF and CIS controls alignment again. And what it does there is gives you listings of the various resources that are available, everything from our MSISAC and CIS services to open source tools and other items that are accessible to NCSR end users. But this guide is also publicly available, so it can be a good starting point to really see some different resources that are available at no cost to uh, organizations. And then if you were to then use the NCSR from there, it really builds upon that and then you get a customized reporting showing how you're currently faring and the alignment there to those types of resources. And then when it comes to really a lot of the resources and services available, I'd say MSISAC membership overall is a great resource to public sector organizations. And membership will include access to our malicious domain blocking and reporting service, or MDBR. There is also access to a 24-7-365 security operations center. And there's also no-cost access to services such as the Secure Suite product, which includes a configuration assessor tool, SysCap. So a lot of great resources within MSISAC membership. And contacts can register on the CIS website uh, through a quick process and start uh, reaping the benefits of membership. Uh, so I'd say those different uh, outlets and items are definitely great resources for organizations to uh, review and then implement to improve their cyber maturity. Absolutely. No, completely agree. Again, the Secure Suite membership piece, huge. Uh, all the you know capabilities that are provided in terms of policy template, guidance through blogs, threat intelligence, um, the services provided through the MS and EII sec, absolutely phenomenal. And what it does... And again, I'm I'm a consumer of those services, uh, you know, within CIS. And really, what it does, it sets some of the questions up for an easy answer, and it allows you to answer those questions with confidence, and utilizing the capability. So, for any SLTT um, that is not a member currently, I, I think as Tyler meant, it's a simple sign up, and what you're going to get from that is just um, reaping the benefits. And also utilizing the NCSR to measure your posture over time. So there's uh, not only an implementation capability, but there's also a governance strategy that you can utilize with the combination of elements that are provided through CIS and the ISEC um, organization. One of the things, Tyler, uh, that we have um, is we're, we're going to put on our, uh, you know, our uh, crystal ball uh, glasses, as it were, and we're going to predict. So in the future with the NCSR, what do you think is, is going to happen? Is it going to be sustained improvement over time? And we're going to see, you know, a, a relative leveling out, a very nice maturity for organizations. There's going to be fluctuation. Um, even the NIST CSF itself changes and introduces new components. Uh, what are you looking at in, in, in the future in terms of both trending uh, and findings that you expect out of the NCSR? Yes, looking ahead to 2024 and beyond, uh, there will be an update to the NIST CSF coming up, which I believe should be finalized in 2024. And we'll be reviewing that information and then looking to implement changes within the assessment based on whatever NIST updates within the CSF. I believe there will be a new function included called the govern function. So that'll definitely be interesting to see how organizations are faring within that function. 
and then alongside the other established functions of identify, protect, detect, respond, or recover. I think we still will see some good improvement year to year when it comes to the consistent activities from the NIST CSF. Uh, some of the newer ones with the updates may show some relatively lower scoring uh, activity areas due to the fact that they are maybe a little bit newer for organizations and organizations may be kind of feeling them out and seeing how they want to go about answering those types of questions. Uh, for example, a few years back, the supply chain category was added to the NIST CSF, and we did notice that organizations were scoring a little bit lower when it came to those activities. And so we definitely provided some resources available on our MSISAC and NCSR website. Uh, we, our metrics working group created a brief guide with some no-cost resources linked right in that PDF uh, to help formalize supply chain risk management activities. Uh, so we might see some similar cases again coming up. Uh, we did see some improvement year to year in those supply chain activities. So hopefully that'll be the case for some of the newer NIST CSF items coming up as well. Uh, I believe we'll see some more organizations looking to really formalize their practices when it comes to using security frameworks, for example. Uh, one of the interesting findings we found over the past several years is that organizations that state they are using a formal framework, such as the CIS controls or a NIST framework, are scoring noticeably higher than organizations saying they don't use a framework. Uh, it's at least 50% higher each year when it comes to those who are using a framework. So definitely a big difference there. And I think we definitely promote that to organizations that these frameworks are uh, great and available to use at no cost. So I believe we'll continue to see more and more organizations looking to utilize uh, those types of frameworks and really trying to formalize their activities through both carrying out the activities and then documenting them through policies and procedures, for example. And lastly, I'll say uh, with the new state and local cybersecurity grant program uh, that is now in full swing, organizations are receiving funding through that program, uh, which is a great opportunity to really uh, get more investments when it comes to security activities within the public sector nationwide. And uh, hopefully that will really get people to have more capabilities in place going forward. And uh, one of the top security concerns that we have identified in the NCSR assessment through one of our demographic questions is lack of sufficient funding. So hopefully that program really helps mitigate that. That concern will likely still be there. There will definitely always need to be funding available and more resources to be utilized. Uh, but hopefully it will help kind of lessen that concern more so coming up in the next year to couple of years and then continuing to really provide funding opportunities for organizations so that they can have more resources in place and more employees in place to really dedicate the time to utilizing those resources and services. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Great predictions and, and loving to see uh, the future of the NCSR program as well. One of the things that leads to, and as you mentioned, the govern element of uh, NIST uh, CSF is going to be very important. There, you know, the governance function uh, I'll provide a new overlay, as it were, to identify, detect, protect, respond, recover, uh, and be that holistic element that's looking at all of those five components, but doing it in a way that necessarily contributes to improvement in the NCSR scoring. Uh, because if you think about it, you know, you want to govern, but you also want to understand, what, well, where are my strengths? Got to make sure that those are still strengths continuously through an audit program, making sure the controls are effective at mitigating risk. Then looking at uh, respective weaknesses within an organization, well, what are the types of risks and threats that could actualize based on the fact that I have that risk? So let's prioritize and bring in a capability. And so I think what it'll do is the NCSR being a byproduct will be a contributing factor to governance 
through the NIST uh, CSF uh, and the uh, NCSR scoring can be used as one of those elements to establish a governance program for an organization. And so I think it's going to be a reinforcing effect. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with everything Tyler said. Um, you know, he's the man with the plan. He's got the numbers. He knows what's going on in the space and he's seen improvement. And I really like the, the element of consistency. And that's where your governance piece is going to come in and really be uh, another element that's going to flourish here because consistent approaches to NCSR and as Tyler's seen in his data and utilizing a framework, uh, giving yourself a direction to go is way better than having no map and being an explorer in the space of cybersecurity. Let's have some direction. Let's use the framework to identify those elements that will get us to maturation quicker and to a better protection profile. Now, doing that will help organizations assess their risk, their underlying threat, and also their capability. NCSR does that all for you. Um, ultimately, the delta is the risk that is existing is where the missing capability and confidence in your program exists by the scoring element. And so that's why I say you've got to be prepared. Come in. It's uh, Again, it's not an assessment of you. You've got to understand and truly reflect your program to get the most out of it. By saying I'm all sevens or, or I'm all optimized, well, Tyler's going to spot that immediately because that's going to be an anomaly in his data because there's not going to be an organization with all sevens across all of these domains. Very hard to do, very hard to practice, and very hard to keep up and running at an operational pace that matches the vulnerabilities that we see in our environments, right? So one of the things we'll do here is we want to address that, but we also want to be partners with you. And as Tyler uh, has mentioned, is one, get that membership for the SLTTs. Become a member. It's easy. It gives you all the list capability. Two, use the NCSR consistently. And I think, Tyler, we've seen growth in this space continuously in the NCSR results, right? Over time, we see more participants. And the more data we have, the better we can react to that. Is that right, Tyler? Uh, yes, that is correct. We have seen an increase year to year over the past uh, several years. Uh, the 2022 to early 2023 cycle saw just over 3,600 organizations uh, complete an NCSR assessment. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. So let's hit 4,000 then for this next cycle, Tyler. That's the goal, right? So we're using this podcast to provide awareness. We've got other capabilities, Tyler out speaking, other uh, members of the team out there talking about the benefits of NCSR. Just gives you that, uh, you know, that goalpost and you want to use a framework. I think Tyler's mentioned it. And for me, as a best practice, without the framework, again, you're in the dark. You, you know, you're trying to build capabilities in this space without much direction. And you need that direction to set you on the right path. And the, the right path is the journey. And again, I'm, you know, everybody's probably heard this, but cybersecurity is not a destination. It's a journey that we all take. And that, that's why we're there on the journey with you. We're providing you maps. We're providing you supplies for that journey. We're providing you comfort that you will get to a point of uh, maturity over time. But it takes a consistent approach. And utilizing the capabilities that Tyler's mentioned will get you there much, much quicker. And so one of the other things Tyler had mentioned is how he's seeing organizations over time improve. And I've seen it in the data as well in terms of Tyler's reports for, for the organization and how effective the NCSR is. 
it reflects that the consistency and the approach to this program will allow you to get to levels of maturity much, much quicker than trying it on your own or I'll take the NCSR once every couple, three years, see where I get to, uh, you know, I've not got the time. Invest the time now because it'll save you hours, months, days, weeks in the future in terms of implementation. It's going to get you there much faster. Tyler's got the numbers to support it and doing some phenomenal work. Um, Tyler, as we start to conclude, anything new for the NCSR in the future? Uh, anything you'd like to see uh, in terms of participation? Uh, the different types of organizations that you want to see participating uh, in the program? Sure. Uh, so we are continuing to work with uh, all types of organizations within the SLTT community. Uh, some of the groups that we continue to really reach out to include K-12 school districts, as that's become such a big uh, contingent of MSI second membership. Uh, last year, we just had, we had just over 400 school districts participate, so we'll hopefully continue to see year-to-year -year improvements there. And then last year, that was the highest participation rate from K-12 schools in NCSR history, so that was great to see. Uh, other groups we work with include public utilities, public health, uh, as well as city and county offices. So uh, we've seen year-to-year -year changes, uh, increases in participation there, so hoping to continue to see that as well. And yeah, coming up, we are implementing some new initiatives here within our team. We're trying to do more uh, demo overview presentations with organizations that are new to the NCSR and want a quick 30-minute overview of the software platform and the benefits you receive from participating. Uh, so we've expanded that more so in the past several months, and we'll continue to do that uh, into the late, later part of this year and into 2024. And we're also looking to do more events such as workshops where we're working with uh, local level organizations in one state, for example, and we're really going through the NCSR platform and going through information that's available to end users to really help them as they go through this e-assessment and think about how they should apply it for their organization. So we'll continue to do that over the next several months and hopefully we'll continue to expand that in 2024. Wonderful. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for, for taking us through this and all the work that you do and the leadership in this space is phenomenal. Uh, again, I say Tyler has the numbers and he's seeing that. And so it really contributes to the organization's motivation to provide this capability. Tyler's always thinking of new ways to get this to everybody, all the SLTTs to help you improve your cybersecurity posture. So thank you, Tyler for all the great work uh, that you've been doing and will continue to do. Really great stuff, thank you. And to our audience, thank you so much. Uh, remember to subscribe in all the usual ways. Uh, with that, thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the show today. The thoughts and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of CIS. If you're interested in learning more about how to grow your cybersecurity program, the free tools available to help you on your journey or to get involved with the CIS volunteer community, visit our website, cisecurity.org. Start secure and stay secure.